Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. As many of you know, I love wage and hour law. Whether it's overtime, meal periods, rest breaks, on-call pay, I look at wage and hour law as a puzzle. I love it. I love being able to evaluate when somebody is entitled to a certain benefit, how to make sure the employer does it in the right way. Wage and hour issues are fun and interesting to me. Now, I know many of you do not share my love of this topic, and I get it. And unfortunately, what that translates to is a lot of us in the employment universe not knowing what our potential wage hour liability is. We don't do wage hour audits. We sort of close our eyes and click our heels together and just hope everything is going to be okay. Well, as many of you know, because of the Private Attorney General's Act here in California and federal law, it's not just in California, there is so much potential liability for employers when it comes to wage and hour issues. And it's really something that we need to face head on and think about how we can effectively manage it from the perspective of reducing liability. Now, notice I'm not saying eliminating liability because I think the truth is it is very, very difficult to follow every wage and hour law completely. It just is. So when clients tell me, Jen, yeah, thanks for sharing that little bit of info about what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't want to do it. And I ain't doing it. I get it. I totally get it. There are things that we take shortcuts on because they seem better for our employees sometimes. And I know that means we're taking a little bit of a risk, but it is what it is. You've got to know what you're dealing with, though. And that is why I think this wage hour audit or wage hour review, whatever word makes you feel happier, is so important. It's sort of like throwing darts at a dartboard, but you don't know where the dartboard is. The chance of you actually hitting the dartboard are pretty small. For me, the chance is pretty small anyway. I'm not the best dart player. But this idea of not knowing what our potential liability is, that's not how we run our businesses. We all know what our accounts payable are, what our accounts receivable are, where we need to be working on product development, where we may have clients who need to be shored up. We know that. So when it comes to wage hour compliance, you've got to know that too. Are people not taking their rest breaks and meal periods? Are they not doing what is supposed to be done when it comes to recording their work time. For example, people who work at home, many of them aren't recording all their hours because their hours are willy-nilly. They're all over the place, right? They get up, they take the kid to school, then they come home, they do a little work, then they clean the kitchen, then they do a little work, then they take the dog for a walk, then they do a little work, then they order what they need off of Amazon. So they don't want to write all that down. So they're not accurately recording their time. They're not really showing, okay, what is it that we are doing? What work am I doing? Where am I doing it? What am I doing? So wage hour compliance is very important. Now, a couple of things. 
During COVID-19, it's been about survival, right? I, I was very surprised when we were at the state fair last month at how many vendors have gone out of business. People who we were used to seeing at the fair year after year, they're gone because COVID-19 made it so difficult for them to succeed, made it so tough for them to be able to do what they needed to do. So COVID-19 is about survival. Now that we're a little better at understanding what our obligations are, I'm not sure that COVID-19 is ever going away, but at least we understand what we're supposed to be doing with testing and exposure notices and all sorts of the other things that come into play with wage and hour compliance. Now that we understand what we're supposed to be doing, we've got to start looking at other things in our organization that need to be addressed. And wage hour compliance is certainly one of them. It is a very expensive place to make mistakes. And unfortunately, because of the Private Attorney General's Act here in California, we have a whole bevy of plaintiff's lawyers who are ready to take cases for things you might consider pretty minor. Okay, they got their break a minute late. Big deal. They still got their break. Are we really going to have a discussion about this? Well, yeah, because wage and hour laws are more like baking than cooking. You know what I mean? You know how cooking is like, what am I going to have for dinner? You open the fridge, you got a little pasta, a few olives, some Roma tomatoes, a little basil. You make some spaghetti sauce, right? Baking, you don't just open the fridge and take a few things, a pinch of this, a pinch of that. If you really want your cake to rise, if you want your cinnamon rolls to taste the way they're supposed to taste, you got to follow very specific rules. Baking is much more precise. It's got a lot less flexibility, right? So when we talk about wage hour laws, I want you thinking about baking. How much do I measure? Is it a level teaspoon? Do I mix the eggs and the butter first? What sugar do I mix in first? Do I mix it fully? I'm not kidding. Like it is that precise. So when you look at, did somebody get paid for all hours work? That means every bloody second. Did the non-exempt employee get their rest break on time? Was it the full required allotted duration? These are all the things that come up in wage hour compliance. And if you're doing an audit, then you're able to highlight your areas where you have opportunities. You are going to prioritize them differently. You may decide to handle them in a different order than maybe someone else has assigned priority, but at least you know they are there. I can tell you that every single one of you listening to this podcast, you have a wage hour issue. There is something that is going on in your organization that is not compliant with applicable wage hour laws. It's too hard to be perfect in this area. And, and not only is it too hard, it's, it's darn near impossible. So when you think about, well, gosh, I'm going to do this whole audit and I'm going to find out I'm perfect, have no fear. That will not happen. You will find things that you need to be doing differently. And it is definitely something where you're going to be reminded of obligations and sometimes frequently even things you thought were being done but aren't.
You thought the final paychecks were being processed appropriately, but now that you're digging around, you're finding that's not really the case. There is, of course, a lot of increased litigation. I've talked about this in terms of the Private Attorney General's Act and many, many other laws. In California, remember, our wage hour laws come from the labor code. They come from the Division of Labor Standards Enforcement. They issue opinion letters that we have to follow. They issue an enforcement and interpretations manual that we have to follow. So there are a number of court decisions as well that impact your wage hour compliance. So you've got a lot of different areas where the law comes from. So you've got to identify in a very methodical way, what is working? What isn't working? What am I complying with? What am I not complying with? That is a question you've always got to ask yourself. And believe me, you guys, I know it might feel better in the short run to bury your head in the sand. Certainly, we have been so busy since COVID. There are so many things I haven't done at home and at work that I should have done. It's so easy for time to just pass and for us not to be strategic and proactive. But as you know, from an HR employment law perspective, the value that HR professionals and employment lawyers bring to an organization is that strategy. What is the law? How are we going to comply with it? When does it make sense to not worry about it or do a little less than the law requires? You can't make any of those decisions if you haven't actually done an assessment. Now, one of the most important things to remember about an audit is if you do an audit, the results of your audit are going to be discoverable. The other side is going to get to see them. The only time that won't be the case is when you do the audit with a lawyer or a law firm. So we do a ton of wage hour audits where we work with in-house HR, in-house payroll, in-house legal to try to make sure that the organization is doing what they need to be doing. And any advice we give, any follow-up we have is protected by the attorney-client privilege because we are lawyers and we have the ability to have that privilege. Now, many, many HR professionals have said to me over the years, Jen, that's not fair. Like, why do lawyers get a privilege, but HR people don't get a privilege? I know it's not fair. It's the same thing with how come HR professionals can't conduct external investigations under the Business and Professions Code. It's not fair. It's about lobbying, right? Lawyers and private investigators lobbied the legislature to say that only lawyers and private investigators could do those investigations, right? So the HR community is left out, not because they're not brilliant, not because they don't know what they're doing. It has nothing to do with that. So the bottom line is there's a privilege with lawyers because there is. I wish I could tell you that there was a perfect rationale for it. I think in the criminal law context, there is. Because the idea is to get someone to tell their lawyer if they've done something wrong, go find the body, for example. They wouldn't do that if there wasn't privilege, potentially. When we look at audits, you've got to understand if you've got your lawyer involved, it is much easier to craft a communication protocol. It's much easier to figure out what your remedy is going to be because you're in the situation where you are trying to think about. How are you 
running your operation. This is actually like going to get a checkup, right? It's like going to the physical to get a health checkup. Let me see where I am. Let me see where my opportunity areas are. Let me see where I could be improving. And then I'll figure out what my next steps are. So the audit is a great way to do that. Yes, they cost money when you do them with lawyers. They're expensive, but nothing like the cost of a wage and hour lawsuit or a wage and hour settlement. It's a cost of doing business to make sure you're doing what you need to be doing. One little caveat I want to mention to you is many of our clients say, well, Jen, we don't need to do a wage hour audit because we have insert name of payroll company here that does our payroll and they know what they're doing. Sometimes they do, you guys. And sometimes they make big, fat, hairy mistakes that you will pay for because guess what? They have indemnity. In the agreement you signed with the payroll company, you agreed not to sue them even if they screw something up. Because guess what? They won't contract with you if you don't. So you've got to know you're on your own here. Don't rely on vendors to ensure that you are compliant. You have to do that. You've got to check your processes and your policies and your procedures. And you've got to make sure that you're doing what you need to be doing. And there's no area where that is more important than wage hour for three reasons. Number one, you've got huge potential liability, not only under PAGA, but under the various other laws that could apply. Number two, when employees feel that their rights are being violated, they're not happy. They don't want to stay working for you. They don't want to dedicate their work time to helping you succeed. You got to know that it's not hard to find the rules anymore, right? 30 years ago, maybe it was, but everything's on the internet. It's easy as pie to even find a lawyer on the internet who you've never talked to. And the third thing I want you to focus on with Wage Hour is that your employees deserve these benefits. You don't want someone working without overtime. That's unsafe. You have to make sure that they're getting properly compensated and there is a motivation not to work them 24-7, right? That's where the safety issues come into play. People need rest breaks. They need meal periods. They deserve to be paid when you make them go out and buy a pair of pants in the color you request, in the style you require. They should be compensated for that purchase. So obviously the wage hour universe is huge. When we work with clients on these audits, we have a checklist that we go through with them to try to help them identify what the issues are and what they need to be doing. It's not easy, but it's a process that is organized. It's familiar. It's very objective. We can help you figure out exactly what you need to be doing. And of course, also give you ideas for how to solve the problems that come up in the audit. So don't delay, folks. Get it on your calendar before the end of the year. We're already in August. Take some time to really think about what kind of an audit you can do from an wage hour perspective and how you're going to get it done. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. 
course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.